Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 13, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Milk Proyer of QJ Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you today, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Good. Thank you. So week 13 report is in the bag. Uh, we're starting to see pretty steady trends here. Uh, what did you see in week 13 performance? Well, not uh, far different than what we've seen for much of this grain year, I guess. Uh, CP continues to roll along nearly perfect once again in week 13. 99% order fulfillment, good pretty much in all corridors, steady across the provinces. So it's difficult to look for you know anything better from CP. They've pretty much delivered on what they said they would do in their grain plan, to be sure. CN, uh, a dip down, if you will, from uh, week 12. You know They had had a couple of weeks of upward movement, got as high as 89% in week 12, uh, dropped to 83%. Um, in week 13. And unfortunately, many of the issues remain the same uh, for CN. Uh, the West Coast, you know, was uh, their problem area, if you will, um, in week 13. But really, when we look back over most of the current grain year, if you look week to week to week, one of the things that we've seen kind of emerge as a pattern with CN is they seem to struggle to perform well in all three uh, of their principal corridors at the same time. So, you know, for them, it is Vancouver and Prince Rupert and Thunder Bay. And there are lots of weeks where CN is good in two out of three, sometimes only one out of three, but rarely, if ever, so far this year, have we seen them be good in three out of three in the same week, which is kind of an interesting problem that keeps recurring. In week 13, the issue was uh, very much Vancouver. Um, Prince Rupert was respectable with 82% of orders filled on time. Thunder Bay was very good. It was, you know, north of 95, if I recall. Um, but Vancouver was an issue. Um, What's equally concerning about CN is um, in week 13, we saw them ration 200 plus orders, which really is the equivalent of two trains, um, if you want to think of it that way. But what's interesting is given how low demand is, and it was again, I mean, total demand for CN in, in week 13 was, you know, just under 3,100 cars, which is really low for this time of year. And despite that, they felt the need to ration. Um, and their rationing was, if I recall, one order to Vancouver, one order to Prince Rupert. So yes, both West Coast. But, um, but all in all, it just seems counterintuitive when you think about how low demand is. Uh, you know, why would they be rationing shipper orders? So not sure if we're going to see more of that. That's only the third time that we've seen that uh, so far this year. Um, but a bit of a surprise for sure in week 13. Uh, just to wrap up, CP, you know, good across the board, not much to say. Um, again, no outstanding orders. That's nine out of 13 weeks where they've been effectively perfect, where no orders are carried over to the following week. So pretty outstanding performance there for them. 
Now, the interesting scenario where you described where there's, you know, the three primary corridors, we rarely are seeing performance in all three at the same time, and they, they tend to rotate. Is that, I mean, is that a choice? Would that be a choice by a, rail, a railway to, to sort of focus their capacity in certain areas and they are comfortable sort of abandoning one, you know, week to week, depending on where things are? So is that just a, you know, capacity selection it's possible that it's that. Um, I mean, there are lots of cases where when the railway fails to deliver to a, a cars to a shipper station on time, it's not for want of a plan to do it on time, but the plan fails. So whether locomotives don't show up in time or you have a crewing issue or you have a train that breaks down en route to that shipper's location with its you know, allotment of empty cars, all of those things can happen. Um, for sure, there are times when the railway is planning its capacity, but usually that manifests itself in, in you know, rationed or canceled orders because shippers will state their demand and the railway will choose to accept it or not to accept it. And more often than not, when the railway uh, accepts it, which you know by looking at the published service plan um, for any given shipper location in any given week, the railway has the intent, generally speaking, to deliver those cars on time. So the fact that they're failing in one or two out of their three principal corridors on a regular basis and, and seemingly unable to deliver good performance in all three at the same time, I don't think that that's uh, overt capacity management uh, because they are planning to service those orders. They're just not getting there. And, and whatever the underlying issues are, I, I don't think it's the railway predetermining the fact that they're not going to deliver them on time. Okay, interesting. Um, let's turn our attention to provincial performance, something we've been focusing on, well, it seems like for the entire granular so far, particularly around Alberta. Uh, any changes in what we, we've seen in performance in, in the provinces? No, arguably Alberta, you know, saw... Um, its performance go down yet another notch in week 13. Um, not arguably, they did. Um, you know, they were in the 70s, if you will, I think 76% in week 12 order fulfillment from CN, down to 68% in week 13. Um, but, you know, and much of, the, much of the problem, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, has kind of been centered on the Peace region, you know, that area north of uh, Edmonton, uh, going as far of, as uh, I mean, Dawson Creek, if you will, right on the border with Alberta. And, and that's been a source of, of problem. Uh, week 13, I mean, really, uh, the Peace Region did a little bit better than their counterparts in other parts of Alberta with CM. Um, but performance was just generally poor in Alberta. So yes, that discrepancy between what Alberta-based shippers that are served by CM uh, are seeing versus Manitoba shippers or Saskatchewan shippers continues to exist. Uh, the gap's really big some weeks, like it was this week, you know, Alberta at 68% and then Manitoba at 98% and Saskatchewan at 90%. That's a huge gap. Um, there've been weeks where it's closer, but for the most part, uh, Alberta has always been, you know, at the bottom of the of the pile and pretty consistently. So 
we've talked about before what what might be causing this. Um, we don't know, unfortunately, you know, as good as our insight is into the traffic that's moving and what shippers are putting out there for their demand and how the railway is meeting it. There's a lot of obviously underlying issues that our data doesn't get at. Crewing is one of those things. And I continue to put my, my bet, if you will, on the fact that these service issues are being driven by crewing issues, um, but we can't, you know, verify that. So performance is still uneven. It has been for much of the year, and I'm not sure that I could put my finger on something that would tell you that it's going to get any better going forward. Yeah, appreciate that, Milton. Clearly a systemic issue that we're seeing. Um, so we'll continue to to keep raising it and, uh, you know, watch to see whether it gets better or whether it deteriorates over the, the coming few weeks. Well, thanks a lot for your insight. Uh, really appreciate it as usual. For those who would like to see the reporting, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>